You're listening to the Workforce Wise podcast from Equifax, where we help you better manage your workforce by saving time, reducing risk, and focusing on increasing profits. Hello, and welcome to the Workforce Wise podcast. I'm your host, Jason Fry. Today, we'll be talking about what employers can do to make sure they're ready in case of an ICE audit. Specifically, we're going to talk about auditing and remediating existing I-9s that employers may have in filing cabinets or in storage somewhere. I'm joined by Gordon Milton. He's our I-9 and onboarding compliance lead. In that capacity, he's responsible for legislative analysis and interpretation for all areas of Form I-9 and E-Verify. Welcome, Gordon. Thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you, Jason. I'm happy to be here with everyone. Gordon, I think we should start off by just talking a little bit about why it is so important to be ready for an ICE audit. And really, what we're seeing from our clients and what we're seeing in the landscape today is that the I-9 form, although it seems really, really easy, is really, really difficult. And it's really, really easy to make mistakes on this form and not mean to do it at all. So when we talk to our employer clients, we often see that they're making errors on the form, especially when they're completing it in paper. And they're not meaning to make those errors at all, but just because of the legislation around the form, the regulatory apparatus around the form, the instructions that are at best difficult to understand, and then the variable that even though they are HR professionals, they're working with brand new employees who maybe haven't seen this form or it's been a long time since they've seen the form, that variable really does kind of throw a wrinkle into it and make it even more important for employers to be mindful of everything that goes on inside Form I-9 compliance. And really, we're also seeing an increase from the agency that handles the audits. So inside the Department of Homeland Security, ICE is the agency that handles audits for Form I-9, and they're responsible for making sure that employers are doing the form, doing the form correctly, and doing the form correctly each time that they complete one. And really, what we're seeing is an increase across the board in both audit activity and levying of civil penalties against employer clients who maybe are having issues with Form I-9, but really what we're seeing is an increase in audit activity more than double, sometimes triple, sometimes quadruple year over year for the past two or three years. So it's really important for employers to be mindful and concerned each time they complete a Form I-9 for a new employee or re-verify an existing employee. And another thing, I've mentioned it a couple of times, but paper forms really do represent a huge risk in the I-9 landscape. And it's because it's so easy to make a simple mistake on that form that then can be finable if it's audited. And that really should cause concern for employers because, again, employers are doing the form well-meaning, want to comply with the law, but because it becomes so difficult, sometimes it's easy to make an easy mistake. And that's why it's so important to audit your existing forms, do a self-check to see what's out there, identify any risk, and then remediate that risk as soon as possible. And really, one of the things that we talk about when we talk to our clients is make sure that you follow some several simple guidelines when we're talking about audit readiness. The first is really to train, retrain, and continue to train your staff on the form itself and the instructions around the form. And that really does give that staff all the information that they need to be good stewards of the Form I-9. 
The second thing is to draft and continuously revise their standard operating procedure to keep up with current regulatory guidelines around Form I-9. And that's important because that is a document that, one, sets the tone for your compliance structure inside your company, but also can be given over to ICE in the event of an audit to show that here's our standard operating procedure, here's what we do when we fill out a Form I-9 and give them a different level of comfort as they're starting that audit process. And the third thing that we talk about is what we're really going to spend time on today, and that is conducting a thorough I-9 audit of your internal documents and then remediate any issues that you find. We'll talk a minute about the process. Um, Honestly, compliance requirements around Form I-9 apply to all the I-9s in employers' files, and that means that any Form I-9 that is in your file or should be in your file can be subject to an audit. So it's truly important to make sure that you've got a Form I-9 for every employee that you should have one on, um, and then that once that Form I-9 has met its purging requirement or can be purged out of your system, and then met its retention day, then you remove those I-9s from your backlog just to make sure you're clearing out any additional risk that may be sitting out there. Uh, We've had a couple of podcasts around retention and the time for retention of documents and purging, so we won't go into that really in depth right now, but I will kind of point you back there to that previous podcast and just know that it is an issue that employers need to be aware of. To get even more out of today's episode, make sure you get your free tools like webinars, ebooks, videos, and more at equifax.com slash wise. So Gordon, let's talk about what employers really need to think about when we talk about Form I-9 compliance and what they need to watch for. Maybe some common pitfalls that we see when we are converting documents from um, an employer client from where they were into our system. So let's kind of break it down the way the form breaks down. In section one, when we see issues or pitfalls, what do we commonly see when we're converting those documents onto the system? Yeah, sure. Um, Well, we we do see a lot, and I know it's a a little bit surprising, uh, the number of errors that we see, even though people are just entering uh, their own personal information into section one. Oftentimes, we see people maybe write a, a different name uh, as uh, in Section 1 of the I-9 than what the SSA might have on file, meaning they recently got married or something and didn't change that. Uh, with SSA, we see often dates um, that are incorrect, like people might use today's date as, as both uh, today's date and their birthday uh, or vice versa. Uh, we see a lot of errors with, with Social Security numbers, of course, uh, which, which can be tricky. And, of course, let's remember that these are all going to be validated if you use E-Verify. They're run up against the SSA database. So that's a, a key piece of information to, to make sure you have right. Um, but to me, the main thing that you want to do in order to try to avoid these on the front end is make sure you review Section 1 uh, when you're completing Section 2 with the employee. Also, um, the the key piece, of course, is ensuring that Section 1 is finished on or before the first day of work for pay, that the employee has affixed their signature, and that they have filled out the prepared translator section if, in fact, a prepared translator was used, or check the box to indicate that one was not used if that was not the case. Yeah, and those are honestly all really good tips and things that employers might not think about, but need to be mindful of that when they're completing 
Section 2, that they're reviewing Section 1 that the employee has just filled out. So, Gordon, I mentioned Section 2. What are the things that we see as common pitfalls or problems for employers when we're converting Section 2 onto the system? Yeah, there there are a few keys, um, I think, especially when we're talking about today's uh, form, the, the multi-page form that requires the, the name at the top of the page. So oftentimes people omit that, uh, and that's a really simple one. It, it's pretty easy to just uh, fix the name at the top of the page. Uh, one of the other big ones that we see a lot is use of the unres- excuse me the restricted Social Security card um, as a list C document for Section 2, and that is clearly not allowed. Uh, it says right on the face of the card that we're not supposed to be using that for, for I-9 purposes. It's because it's restricted, obviously. Um, entering the wrong document in as either list A, list B, or list C. Sometimes there are some confusing documents, like, like for instance, a C-8, uh, which is kind of a catch-all uh, uh, process for uh, DHS documentation. So that one often confuses people as well. Um, and when we get down to the, the portion where the employer agent is filling out their portion, uh, another big error we see there is that they don't fill that out completely. Um, they don't put like their title, the employer address, any of that sort of thing. And I think those are probably the biggest things uh, and the things that we see occurring most commonly. Yeah, and honestly, that covers the two, I would probably say most widely used pieces or sections on Form I-9. But there is that Section 3 that can be used for certain circumstances like reverification of expiring documents. So when we look at Section 3, what do employers need to be mindful of there? Well, the main thing there, obviously, is making sure that you have your dates uh, in order and that you are re-verifying those folks in a timely fashion so that you are not employing undocumented workers. So that's a key. Uh, Make sure that you're getting um, the proper paperwork, of course, the proper documentation, and you want to make sure that it applies to the the visa type uh, that's applicable to the specific employee, and that can be tricky at times as well. But the main thing, especially these days, is making sure that we're hitting the timing because we found, um, as I'm out visiting employers, uh, that it's taking a bit longer uh, than expected to get paperwork back. So we don't want to miss those dates on the back end. That's a, a really big deal. Got it. And that is something important to be mindful of. And another key thing that you mentioned was that making sure that workers who may have had correct documentation to be eligible to work inside the U.S. when they started work continue to be updated if that work authorization expired just to keep the employer clear of any additional risks or penalties outside of even the Form I-9 process. To get even more out of today's episode, make sure you get your free tools like webinars, ebooks, videos, and more at equifax.com wise. Gordon, I know another big issue that we see when we are loading new forms into our system for clients is missing forms. So what should an employer do if they are in the middle of an I-9 audit and they find that, oh my goodness, I've done, I'm doing this self-audit right now, but I'm missing a ton of forms. What should employers do if they find that they're missing forms I-9 for employers, employees who should have one? Yeah, that's, that's a big one there. And it's important that the employer catch that via self-audit before the actual ICE auditor catches it. 
because what you want to do, you want to make sure, obviously, that we have an I-9 on file for every active employee. So in these cases, when we discover that we do not, you want to make sure that we complete a Form I-9 as soon as possible for those employees who are missing them. And it's a key piece to remember is that we do not want to backdate those forms to make it look like we created them at the time of hire. We want to make sure to put today's date anywhere where that's applicable and put the correct hire date for that employee in there. Sure, it will show up that late, but the fact that the employer caught it rather than uh, via audit rather than waiting till the ICE audit should help serve as a mitigating factor for that as well. Right. And again, we recommend the same thing for employees who are still there and employees who have already left. So if you find that you should have had and form I-9 for an employee who's already left, we suggest that clients note that, make a note of it, and create the placeholder I-9. Just again, so they show to ICE in case they're audited, that they took that step, they understood, and that they did everything they could to remediate the issue as soon as they found it. Now, Gordon, we've talked a lot about the different things that we need to watch for, things that we see from our clients. Can you talk for a little bit about the service that we have in the marketplace, our I-9 audit and remediation tool, and how it benefits employers to use an automated tool or this type of technology when they're doing a self-audit, and then a little bit about how the service itself helps employers prioritize risk so they can have really a good plan for how to attack issues they find after the internal audit. Sure. Uh, so, so basically, and not to oversimplify here, but let's try to keep it as simple as possible. Basically, what happens is we take paper I-9s, convert them into electronic format, and then run them through our audit and remediation process. Basically, what that does is it, is it looks at all the data points uh, that are on the I-9, verifies that there is information where information is required, uh, verifies that the information is in the format that it's needed in most cases, uh, and, and looks uh, to identify those areas that are uh, obviously where uh, information is omitted, where it's incorrect, where, where maybe a, a documentation has been entered in the wrong columns, any of the items that we discussed earlier uh, as part of review of sections one, two, three, et cetera, the, the system reviews those automatically for you, identifies those items, breaks them out into, into three buckets, uh, or, or three folders, if you will, uh, that identify what needs to be done, what has been done, what's left to do, that sort of thing. Uh, and then you can break those down uh, into, into spreadsheets uh, and kind of go through and add uh, exactly what needs to be done with specific uh, I-9s, uh, et cetera. But uh, the phased approach is the best. Uh, and the way that it's all laid out so, so clearly on the dashboard there really helps you work through. And I think once you come up with it with a nice uh, project plan at the start, which is fairly simple, uh, by the way, uh, I've, I've done a few of them. A and the key to getting started is knowing which you're going to tackle first uh, as far as remediation goes. Like do we want to tackle missing I-9s first, uh, sections one, sections two, uh, we want to go to, go do section threes first, that sort of thing. Uh, if you lay that all out beforehand, it certainly makes the process much smoother and easier to deal with. Yeah, and honestly, those are all good points and things that employers really should consider when they're thinking about diving into a self-audit. Well, we're out of time for today. I'd like to thank Gordon for joining me as today's co-host on the WorkforceWise podcast. 
We hope you all enjoyed today's discussion, and we hope you're walking away with some real best practices that you can use in your organization. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to the Workforce Wise podcast. And don't forget to download your free tools at equifax.com wise. While you're there, check out our other episodes and sign up for our live tech demo to see our solutions in action. And to keep our lawyers happy, you should know the information provided on the Workforce Wise podcast is intended as general guidance and not intended to convey specific tax or legal advice. For tax or legal information pertaining to your company and its specific facts and needs, please consult your own tax advisor or legal counsel. The views expressed are those of the discussion leaders and do not necessarily reflect official positions of Equifax. Investor analysts should direct inquiries using the Contact Us box on the Investor Relations section at Equifax.com.